0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production available on Apple Podcasts
1: and Podcast One. Everybody's got a to-do list. I get one for my wife, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk, figure out something to get out of the house so I can relax. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. The good thing, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Do you like extra money in your pocket? Do you like not having to drive somewhere to pick something up? This is a way to do it. It just may be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. That's geico.com.
0: Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life.
2: A uh, big Steeler fan growing up. I think he went to Pitt and then transferred to Indiana. But a uh, big Steeler fan. Uh, growing. You know, let me start there with you, Mark. How are you feeling about your Steelers this year? <laughs> I'm really excited about the Mavs this year. <laughs> Who was your favorite Steeler growing up?
3: Uh, probably Franco Harris. Because um, my dad played poker with him one time just randomly. <laughs>
2: wait, wait. How did that happen?
3: I don't even remember. I just remember my dad played poker um, with his buddies like on Wednesday or Thursday nights. And just random people that, you know, his friends would invite friends. And I think Franco um, thought he was going to take his my dad and his buddies for a lot of money, but he didn't realize my dad and his buddies had no money. And so um, that just was a conversation. So that was our connection to the Steelers. And so he was um, my favorite player. And then, obviously, I remember the Immaculate Reception when I was a little kid. I mean, I remember exactly where I was, exactly what I was doing. Um, so was Franco. Was your dad a Steeler fan? Oh, yeah. I mean my dad I mean he we went to one game cuz he got tickets from somebody he worked with when I was 11 and that was like the biggest deal ever um and I'll, I'll never forget walking to the game and that was the year that we won um you, you know when I was a kid that was before they were good so it was the SOS same old Steelers and I remember we went and saw Roy Jefferson uh, catch a touchdown pass like the very beginning of the game that was the last Um, touchdown, we scored, but we won, and that was the only win of the season. So, um, yeah, we were huge Steeler fans. Up up until the day my dad died, um, when he was 92, he he was a huge Steeler fan.
2: What was that day like when you bought the Mavs, that you told your dad you were buying the Mavs?
3: Oh, my goodness. Um, Indescribable. I just remember, you know, just letting out a, a big scream, and, you know, and then when I told my dad, and, you know, it was kind of like an impetus for him to move to Dallas because he, you know, my dad did upholstery on cars, so if you had a rip in a car seat, then you took it to, to Regency Products where my dad worked, and he still was working, and I, I couldn't get him to retire, and finally that was kind of the impetus for him to retire and come down to Dallas and live and and um, just hang out and go to Mavs games and yeah, it was it was it was really special
2: also that moment when you make more than your dad, do you remember that <laughs> I, I remember when I made more than my father and it and it bothered me a little bit like i i wasn't proud that I did i was
0: sad
3: it was, it was weird yeah cause like i mean I remember telling my dad um, I made a hundred thousand dollars in the year, and he cried, um you know like I said, he did upholstery on cars and you know i don't think he ever made more than $40,000 in a year and it 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 wasn't so much then that was the hard part it was you know he he was dad and and so like if we went out to dinner he was pulling out the credit card <laughs> <laughs> no matter what and you know the minute i said dad and he just looked at me like with a death stare um like don't even think that you're going to pay for dinner um even when he got to the point where it was my credit card, it was still the debt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's the best thing you ever bought him?
3: Um, it wasn't any one thing. It was just him. Um, I told him he could go anywhere he wanted to go in the world. He and my mom, and, and or take my brothers, and sometimes. And so, he you know he loved to travel, and so he just got to go anywhere he wanted. And and he went on cruises everywhere. He was Mister Cruise, and there there'd always be twenty stories, and I. I'd hear from people or get emails from random people who made friends with my dad. And, and yeah, it was, it, it, you know, I, I miss him every day, but it was, I'm, I'm just grateful that I could just do that for him.
2: He's Mark Cuban, the Mavs owner, season 11 premiere of Shark Tank this Sunday night at 9 Eastern on ABC. Do you know more about the new tampering charges or more about the new traveling Charges or rules.
3: More about the new traveling charges. (laughs) Okay. That's what I care more about. The tampering stuff, you know, the the legal, it'll evolve. You know, like every one of those um, administrative rules, it kind of evolves into the the best format. Um, And I think the tampering stuff, it, it wasn't as big a problem, I think, as people, as some owners thought it was. But I think they were just trying to be proactive. And so it'll evolve into something that we all can live with. So I'm not worried about the tampering charges. The traveling thing, you know, you had some guys who would take 30 steps in a gather, and so that's going to be that's going to be better, you know. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how they call it, uh, particularly you know even with like Luca and his step back or Harden, you know, it's supposed to be legal, but who knows how they'll really review it? And so it'll, yeah, that'll be the more interesting thing.
2: But can you monitor tampering? Like, can you really stop tampering? Prevent it?
3: Um, yeah, it's it's not as prevalent. Look, there's there's players talking to players. And there's nothing you can do there um, because they're, they're going to be friends and do whatever. In terms of the what owners and GMs do, that's typically driven by relationships between owner and agent um, or owner and GM and agent. And so, as long as the uh, players association that regulates agents goes along. Um, and and stays true to what was passed, then it shouldn't be a problem at all. I mean, can you monitor it? Monitor it? No, and yeah. that, and and that's why they're going to have the audit capabilities. But even then, I, I just think teams, if if there's a the player's agent who's talking to another GM, you're going to know right off the bat. You know, if guys are showing up at twelve oh one or, or five oh one, you're going to know. And so it's it's going to be. There'll be a period of adjustment, but I, I don't think it's quite as difficult to manage as people are saying. Daryl
2: Morey, the uh, Rockets GM, came out recently and said that uh, he looked at Harden as the best scorer the games ever had. I'm paraphrasing, but basically, right. he he's more of he's a better scorer than Michael Jordan. How would Jordan do in today's NBA?
3: Oh, today's NBA, he'd kill it. I mean, his body would be fresh every night because there's just not the – you don't have Charles Oakley, you don't have Rick Mahorn knocking him on his ass every every time he, you know, went into the lane. I mean, you know, Michael Jordan's challenge would have been to learn how to shoot three better, and he's Michael Jordan. He would have done that, just like a lot of guys in today's game have improved their three. And so, you know, he'd be averaging – Jordan would be averaging 40 in today's game. You know, so – but, you know, Daryl's right. In today's game, as is – Harden is the better scorer because of the rules. But if Michael had been able to play in these in, in in this game, a lot of guys, not just Michael, would have been putting up thirty plus.
2: What is Dirk Nowitzki's role now with the Mavericks?
3: Eating ice cream, from the <laughs> ice cream ambassador, um, it, just whatever he wants. I think you know he's adapting now to to just not having to get his body in shape, and you know he's. He's still, you know, working through the ankle injuries he had at the end of last season. He needed to get shots just to be able to play those last couple games. Um, so I think he's he's doing a lot of recovery and rehab work there. Playing with his kids, he's got three awesome kids um, who are now, you know, starting to get that age where they're going to school and everything. So I think right now he's playing Mr. Dad, and he'll, you know, he'll come in and and yuck it up with the guys down at the practice facility. And you know, like I told him, you know. We've got two things to do. One, work on the statue, and you know that we're going to do, and and two is just you know whatever else you want to do, whenever you want to do it. There's no rush.
2: Is that going to be that step back jumper where the legs kicked down? Is that the statue?
3: Yeah, yeah, probably, but I'll let him decide. I mean, it's been fun because I've been touring around different places, um, looking at at statues and trying to get a feel for you know uh, sculptors who have done some cool things. And then when I get past that, I'll sit down with Dirk and, and we'll review all of it.
2: When's the last time you beat one of your players one-on-one?
3: Probably when I beat Dirk my first year. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, so when I first bought the team, uh, you know, I was, I was a lot younger back then. And and so I thought, okay, let's play one-on-one, Dirk. So, he, you know, it's Dirk. He was just messing around with me. So I scored twice. He stopped me, um, and then he dunked on me, and I quit. And so I beat him two-one.
2: <laughs> But you got you had two of the greatest shooters in the history of the game in Dirk and Nash. Yep. Did you have a chance against any of those guys if it was a shooting contest?
3: Oh hell, no, no. But one day I remember, um, you know, anybody can get hot, right? I mean, I think I was forty-one when I bought the team, and so you know, I was still playing basketball a lot, a lot more than I do now back then. And so I remember we were playing at Baylor, and Dirk and I were shooting, and we were shooting corner threes. And I just got hot as a pistol, and the, everybody was watching, and we got up to like thirteen and fourteen in a row. And Nelly said, you know, just Nelly was our coach then. <clears throat> he was like, if you can't beat that old, you know what, then you know you're in trouble, Dirk. And so finally, he ended up beating me. But yeah, I mean, it was fun. I mean, look, one of the big, the best parts of of owning the Mavs to this day is I'll go out on the court, you know, three thirty, four thirty, the the day of a game, <clears throat> and I'll shoot and, you know, there's always guys from the other team that will get to the court early and get shots up, and I'll be out there shooting on one half, and they'll be on the other half. And so we'll be able to yuck it up, and every now and then I'll, I'll get shots up. The the last guy I did it with was Boban, and the next thing you know, he's a Mav. And so, you know, it, you never know what, what you learn and, and who you get to talk to. But I remember one time Ray Allen came out, and I'm out there shooting. And he's like, okay, you can shoot some. You want to shoot for money? And I'm like... No, Ray. (laughs) Uh, Maybe some are going in, but I'm not stupid. What um,
2: moves got more of your attention, what the Lakers did in the offseason or the Clippers?
3: You know, none really. I mean, probably what, none of those, neither of those moves, probably what happened with the Warriors got the most attention. Because the Warriors went from being one of the all-time great dynasties to being human. And, you know, there's a lot of teams now with two stars and, it's going to come down to health and the ability to integrate new players, um, and I think the West is wide open. The East is always wide open, but the West, now that the Warriors are not so dominant, I, I don't think. It's, I think anybody can could come out on top.
2: On Shark Tank, are you buying into the business plan or the person who is selling you that business plan?
3: That's a great question. Sometimes you know it's a business or product that I just love. And maybe the entrepreneur isn't great, but I know I can help them and, and get them to the next level. And then there's other times where the entrepreneur is just so phenomenal that, okay, the the product isn't quite where it needs to be or the service isn't, but, you know, this entrepreneur can, entrepreneur can get it where it needs to go. So it really depends on the deal. But, you know, it's it, now the Shark Tank, now that we're going into Season 11 this Sunday on ABC, um, you know, entrepreneurs know what to expect from us more. And so we've had to up our game, but they're just a lot more prepared. And so you see better entrepreneurs, and I think that that's helped the deals. And now it's easier to make money from them, honestly.
2: But when there's a sports pitch, it always feels like you're obligated to at least feign some interest in it. Oh, of
3: course, yeah. I mean, and when we had a Rod on, he, you know, there were a lot of sports pitches on. Um, Typically, where, where I'm, like, obligated is if the person's from Pittsburgh, Dallas, or went to Indiana University. Then it's like, okay, i, I got to do a deal unless they're just really not very good or this is something I just don't like. So, yeah, there's times when they'll bring guys in or women in knowing that, you know, there's <laughs> I've got to do the deal unless they really screw it up.
2: Hey, it's great to talk to you, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up during the season. Thank you, I Mark. So.
3: Appreciate it, Dan. Take care, buddy.
1: It's Mark Cuban, Shark Tank, and, of course, the uh, Mavs owner. If you purchase supplies for a business, you know it's nearly impossible to find everything you need in one place. And that's why there's Zoro.com, where the number one goal is to make your life easier. zorocom that's Z-O-R-O.com, is where you'll find everything you need for your businesses of any size and almost any industry. Zoro.com has tools and equipment, safety and office supplies, cleaning supplies, and more. Zoro has tons of stuff for industries like electrical, plumbing, contracting, manufacturing, and more. You'll find brands you know and trust like Stanley, 3M, Milwaukee, Schneider, and Rubbermaid, just to name a few. Zoro.com offers amazing customer service from real people based in the United States. You'll also enjoy fast, free shipping of orders of $50 or more. Even if you don't have a business to shop for, you can still find lots of great items at Zorro.com. Visit Zorro.com slash Dan to sign up for a Z-mail and get 15% off your first order. That's zorocom slash Dan. Sign up for the Z-mail and get 15% off your first order. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy
0: on-the-go life.
2: thought we'd play some good music before we got to Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> That's cold-blooded. You started Whoa, off right. I, you were, hey, you were insulting me during the commercial break. How did we not play Hootie and the Blowfish there? That's who, bad producing. Who is producing? We, don't. Bad producing we, we right never there. do that. We never do that. We never play the music of the band yes. or the artist?
4: Yeah, never do that. Oh. So let's see how much you have to do with your show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Hootie and the Blowfish here. So, uh, Darius, <laughs> do you
2: want to introduce the starting lineup here? There's for Hootie? Mark and-
4: Bryan on guitar, yeah. Dean Ferbo on bass, and Jim Sonnefeld on drums. And Dan Patrick on rubber chicken. Yes.
2: What was the, what was the second name that you guys were looking at, aside from Hooting the Blowfish. <laughs> That's
4: the only name. Mark and I used to be the Wolf Brothers, but the worst name, Dean wanted to call us Black and Blue because they all had blue eyes and I was black. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that would have been a good name. <laughs> it would have been better than Hooting the Blowfish. Black
2: and Blues. Yeah. But I, I do think the name did help you guys. I like it
4: or hate it, you never forget it. And so I think it did help us.
2: Because people could remember
4: it. Yes, no one forgot the name.
2: And there was something about that. But at, at any point, did you guys think we should change the name? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: yeah. Basically, when Sony got in the band. We the took we a good really, hard look at it. We were playing clubs, and we were like, we should probably change the name. But we were already doing so well in a in few places, we didn't want to start all over. We were, if you change yeah. your name, you're all over. We were
5: drawing hundreds of people at that time. Of our <laughs> <laughs> Big numbers. <laughs>
0: if all 600 people had left because we changed their name, I mean, what would happen? Yeah. But,
5: but also, when you look
2: at this, we always look at an overnight success, but it took like 20 years for an overnight success or 10 years for you guys. But when I met you guys in, what, 94, you guys had been playing at frat houses and whatever for 10 nine years. years prior nine ten to, years, yeah, nine yeah. or 10 years. Yeah, nine or 10 years. Yeah. At any point, how how close did you guys come to just saying, "This ain't gonna happen"?
4: Never. I, yeah, because what else were we gonna? do? There was never a moment where we thought about not playing. Like when we got our record deal, we weren't even looking for a record deal. We were doing so well in the clubs. We were making. We were playing the same clubs every six weeks, making. You know, we were all making over fifty thousand dollars a year just playing clubs. We were we were content. We weren't even looking for a record deal. So you and got one came. free drinks, women. And, and, and you're making 50K. And you're paying, and you're paying the bills, yeah. yeah. It was perfect. But when you have Hold My
2: the importance of Hold My Hand to this band
4: oh, was what? First of all, so many, when he came to audition for the band, the first thing he did was said, I got a song We said, play your song, and it was Hold My Hand. And so we were like, you're in the band, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was my hair. Oh, <laughs> uh, poor Sony and,
5: and the, the hair. That's a, and it's the
0: also the song that, that David Letterman heard. And, you know, it's like, hey, I want that band on my show. And then that was the appearance that sort of broke, you know, the ice. So yeah. it was a pretty important song for us.
2: Yeah, because I wonder that where you look at these bands and then I didn't know if you guys were worried about being a one-hit wonder.
5: We weren't because we... By the time we got to recording Cracker Review, we had been playing Let Her Cry for several years. We'd been playing Only Want to Be With You for several years in the clubs and Hold My Hand. Yeah. So we had kind of a, a small little catalog of songs that were working as well as Hold My Hand in the bars. And that's that's the testing ground. If you can get 200 people in a in a club to sing along with you and then buy your cruddy little cassette for 5 bucks and take it home because they like it that much, you're, those are songs that are going to gonna last what
2: was it like to hear that song on the radio for the first time oh it was uh, it
4: was amazing it was I mean it freaked us out I but think you by, just stare at the radio <laughs> like, do? You do? <laughs> well not back then because you didn't you know just the thing but uh it was funny for us it was, we, there was one moment where it was too much I was I was in Charleston and I'm driving on the road and uh, I got the radio on and the hootie song comes up and so I changed the channel it was after everything was big and I changed the channel and the next channel it was a hoodie salon. And I changed the channel, and the next channel it was a different hoodie salon. And I changed it a fourth time, and it was time was the fourth one. And that was on, and I went, oh my goodness. I really went, oh my goodness, we're on every radio station in this town. It was crazy.
2: But what happened that first
4: taste of success? I paid off my student loans. <laughs> 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 that was, what about you guys? For, for us, it was like a, kind of a, a gut check of like, hey, this is. We're going to do this is what we really want to do this is what we're passionate about and we're going to get to, we're going to do this forever. We're I'll be honest with you. We didn't see the only success we saw was that we were the shows were getting bigger because we were always on the road. It was never anything but touring. So the shows were getting bigger. Great. Yeah, I think it was also when uh,
0: when we got a deal with BMW to be the South Carolina ambassadors and got free cars. So I was like, OK,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: OK, we're good. <laughs> Who did you guys
4: open up for? You remember uh, Big Head Todd and the Monsters it, was they the were first, first one. Yeah. Yeah. the Wet Sprocket. Toe the Wet was second. That was it? Yeah, and in the middle of the Toe Tour, you could tell Ooh. everything had changed. I mean, it really, you, in the middle of the Toe tour, tour. Did you guys like, flip-flop? Yeah, We did oh. on stage, but people coming to see us flip-flopped. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then Toad the Wet Sprocket decided to dissolve the band, I think. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> they kept playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, R.E.M. was a big influence you you make mention of stipe in a song yeah or two why was rem why did was that the same with everybody else that when, rem kind of when resonated? we
4: were in college that was that that was like the
0: alternative scene was coming up and they were the basically the poster children for that yeah, alternative I mean, scene and,
2: and their music was really influential on a lot of people and, and we were one of those bands and um,
0: yeah, yeah i mean we grew up with them too i mean being in columbia they're from athens i think first time Darius and i went and saw them at the township it was like half full and the yeah. Went back the next year, and it was sold out. and uh, So, I mean, that, and we just listened to them to death. Yeah,
5: when I joined the band in 89, it should have said, Who are you the blowfish? And then in parentheses, an REM cover band. <laughs> <laughs> like, they sent me a demo of like uh, a cassette of like 30 songs, and 18 of them were REM songs. Like, uh, there was a point in our
4: set list, <laughs> list where we had 12 REM songs. <laughs> a favorite cover song for each one of you guys to play? Oh, good question. Interstate Love Song is what we keep going just back to. It keep coming knowledge. up. Yeah, it's just rocks and it's fun. And we we do this thing in the middle of uh, Only Want to Be With You where we play Get Down On It by Cooling the Game. Whoo, whoo. I love that. every time. <laughs> yeah. we I still can't believe we can play that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Dean, what about you?
0: I mean, Interstate Love Song is a great one. Uh, Champagne Supernova is another another great one.
5: We used to open up the set with the song by this band called The Rave Ups uh, called... Uh, how long are you keep on telling me if you wanna be happy, you wanna be free? Yeah. I think we got,
4: <laughs> that was killer. Yeah. I, what was the name of the song? How, uh, I don't know. How come for, all this, uh, you can't curse? How come all the stuff comes down on me? Must be a th- what was the name of that song? I don't remember, but it was great. It was that. good? Yes, and then you did fight the power. We do, we do fight the power. It was, so, it was so funny. You know, we we were opening up for Jason Aldean in uh in this in the Atlanta in their in their in their baseball stadium, and we do fight the power and some uh some. Country DJ comes on and he's telling everybody to burn our records because we're we're singing Fight the Power. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I was like kinda of like Jack, are you a fool? We've been playing that song for twenty something years. I was like making us political is hilarious. Why did people turn on Hootie and the Blowfish? It was so big. It, yeah. it, it was so big.
0: It's just everywhere.
4: I
2: mean the- I mean it's a great problem to have. Yes. Yeah. But but it felt like they were mad at themselves for liking you guys. Like I like How did I like the, I'm so mad at myself, I'm going to take it out on somebody. And wasn't there the bumper sticker? Maybe you saw it, Mark. Was that in Baltimore or something? Honk if you hate Hootie? No, just F Hootie. So make it 2D. With three three more
0: letters. Wow. Don't waste your time, Honk.
4: But now it's come full circle. It is. It is. It's so funny for me because uh, back back in 96, I won uh, that GQ Man of the Year in music. And the the whole story, the last paragraph, the guy says, "Don't worry about hooting the blowfish. You guys will get respect when John Daly is on the uh when John senior Daly tour. is on the senior tour." And sure enough, John's on the senior <laughs> tour. And we finally we're finally getting respect as a band. I, awesome. I
2: remember seeing the New York Times article before the tour started, and I think I sent it to you because I got it on Saturday, and it was the Sunday edition. And I went, I think I sent it to Sony too. I go, what the yeah. It, it, because I said it took this long for then these critics to kind of circle back and go, you know what on second thought yeah it's like critics did the same thing like you know they're it's simple like what is this and and now I think that it's great to see that they kind of had this epiphany and said you know on second thought they were pretty you sold 25 million of cracked
4: rear view right yeah worldwide I think, I think critics couldn't like us because we had just killed the form of music that they adored so much. You know, we had just wait, what did you kill? Grunge. I oh. mean, if you look at the if you look at the timeline, when Hootie came, grunge ended. That's when Matchbox Twenty got their deal, and all those. So ninety four, yeah, is when is really when they start, they start playing on the radio when they started playing us. Do you take credit for killing grunge? Yeah. Whoa!
1: You can keep that twenty.
4: You can keep the twenty. I've been on this show eighteen hundred times. And that's the first time I've heard it. You know satellites? what? Satellite
2: radio has spoiled us. <laughs> what, what has happened to you?
4: <laughs> I don't know. I'm the old black guy
2: in the club. <laughs> <laughs> you, speaking of which, you tell a great story. Yes, I do. When you guys got into a fight. And that, no, not you
4: guys. In Albuquerque? was this fight? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can you tell the story? We're in Albuquerque, and uh, I'll give you the quick All right, version. how about this? We'll take a break. All right. We'll come back. And
2: this is Hootie and the Blowfish like you've never heard Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> By the way, we're the only ones asking them to not sing today. <laughs> Everybody, I knew you were going to say something about that. I, I'm like, Todd, why don't you, fritzy why aren't you asking them to, like, couldn't they just sing, like, well,
0: hum
4: something? Something? Play the kazoo? Like, I'll
0: tell you why, because we want you to play like the, our new single. time. We want you to play our new single
4: instead. Why do you keep calling that song Closing Time? The <laughs> song is called Hope That I Don't Fall In Love With You. The album is Closing Time. There's a whole different song on the album called Closing Time.
2: Hey, I've seen you forget lyrics on stage, dude. You so <laughs> have. And, oh, you remember that time I forgot Let Her Cry and I turn to you and I go, What's the word? I and you're know. like, I don't know. I, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting on the cooler. Remember you had the cooler on the side of the stage so. that had Yaggy in it and a bunch of beer. And I treated it like it was my cooler. <laughs> yeah. So I'm over by Dean. And Dean playing the bass, and Dean usually didn't go over and take anything out of the cooler. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting on the cooler. I've had some Yaggy, a couple of beers, and Derry starts to sing. And then he looks over, and he goes, what what are the lyrics? And I go... (laughs) I'm drunk. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. And uh, this is Hootie like you've never heard them. Not singing, but this is Hootie. a a great story. Uh, Back with uh, Hootie and the Blowfish right after this.
3: Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com. Clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing,
5: and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show.
0: Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy, on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, Strawberry Banana and Tropical Burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Hootie and the Blowfish joining
2: us here in the Man Cave. And their new album, Imperfect Circle, will be available everywhere. And that is uh, starting today for the commercial break. I teased that there was uh, an incident on the road many, many, many years ago that you uh, you told me. Now, is that the craziest moment you've had on the road where oh, you got into a fight? No, we had uh, the
4: Albuquerque was a great fight. We got we got in a fight in, uh, uh, in either Kalamazoo in Arbor, or in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah. Okay, we're in this bar in Ann Arbor, and it's us. We meet Tiger, an 18-year-old Tiger Woods for the first time, and the Stanley Cup shows up at this bar.
5: From the Red Wings.
4: And okay. so we're walking out, and we're just walking, and all of a sudden no, we're throwing snowballs with, with these guys, and we think it's funny, and all of a sudden a snowball hits the wall, and it's got a bottle in it. Ooh. It's got a bottle in it. And all of a sudden I'm looking at Sony, and Sony runs across the street, and yeah. I'm like, if Sony's going, I'm going, and we're across <laughs> the street. And we're <laughs> battling what, what these What was guys. it like a scene out of Braveheart? where you guys are like, Sony's under the car? Sony's under the car beating one guy, <laughs> and the other guy jumps in his car. He's trying to. Draw. I'm punching him in the car as he's driving. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was vicious. Are but you guys famous? No, no. we At weren't. This? No, we were just starting. To, we were playing out a string of clubs. It was just starting to take off. We just did. Tiger right get
2: involved in this? No, he. We left no. him in the bar. Okay, no. that would have been a great. The Albuquerque a story, better story. The okay. real quick. Okay. okay.
4: We're in Albuquerque. Sony's got a hat on, and the, the bouncer comes upstairs where we are and says, take your hat off. Takes He takes his hat off. Not thinking. He's a little, little buzz. Puts it back on. Bouncer asks us, take a hat off again. Takes the hat off. Goes upstairs, we're, we're having a great time. Having a great time partying. We look down. These three cowboys walking with their cowboy hats on. We wait for about 15 or 20 minutes, and <laughs> nobody tells them to take their hats off. So Sony puts his hat back on. So there's about five or six of us up there, and we look up, and we see five or six bouncers walking up the steps. So we instantly know it's on. So there, the guy's yelling at Sony. So <laughs> our security guy buddy pushes Sony out of the way, pushes Sony out of the way, and goes, "So you know, don't talk to him. Talk to me." And in about 15 seconds, it was on. it's on. I mean, we're in a full out bar, bar, bar fight, <laughs> Roadhouse. You know, Roadhouse. I, I, I grew up fighting. It's no big thing. To, you know, no big thing to me. So I'm fight. I'm fighting my guy, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing really well. And I'm looking around, and I realize. Everybody in Hootie the Blowfish is killing somebody. <laughs> I mean, Sony is just destroying this guy. Mark is just—I'm like Mark doesn't even fight, and Mark just beat the heck I'm out a, of I'm this a, guy. You know, I'm and a, like, uh, we're like, oh my! All of a sudden, so we whoop these guys. We whoop these guys, and we're leaving. And as we leave, the the owners walk. The owner comes up, because the cops are going to show up and everything. It was a bar fight. The owner goes up. He says, what's going on? What's going on? say let me tell you. Uh, you know me, Dan. When I'm mad, I'm really mouthy. And um, I'm mad. And I said, you need to get some new bouncers. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you need new bouncers. Hootie and the bullfish just whooped everybody's butt. And I said, I did not just say public enemy. I said, Hootie and the Blowfish she just whooped everybody's butt. And Buddy, by the way, Buddy, Buddy uh, bench
0: pressed a guy, or not bench, standing pressed a guy bigger than him. Uh, <laughs> they <that laughs> dropped
4: him on a pool table the, the greatest move i've ever seen in a fight buddy's kind of short buddy's your security right guy. he's short and B- buddy's fighting this guy but he's looking around to make sure everybody's okay you know i could tell he's looking to make sure everybody's okay and he trips over a pool table And buddy's short so buddy's on this pool table and his feet aren't on the ground and this big guy sees buddy tr- and he jumps on buddy and buddy took this guy and threw <laughs> him straight up in the air and slammed him so hard on the on the pool table Everybody stop fighting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. He slammed this guy so hard to put there. was. He hey, 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 this is over. This I, I, is over.
5: A crazy thing, I heard Buddy yell corner pocket.
4: Right <laughs> 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 greatest move I've ever seen in a fight. Yeah. Wouldn't you love to have a tape of that night? I, would, I wish felt cell phones were big then because I would love to see that night. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I looked around and it's like, we are killing these guys. I'm like, wow, y'all. Y'all need some new bouncers in here.
2: But did you ever have any of those moments on stage? 'Cause I I've I've stood next to Buddy, your bodyguard, and I go, dude, you got the easiest job ever. Real 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 quick. You can vape this, over here and nobody cares. <laughs> I'm doing this thing. I'm playing I'm playing a club.
4: I'm playing a club, some radio show from a country band, and I see these two boys these two guys talking and one guy's telling his buddy I'm going up and the buddy's like, I'm not going. So sure enough, I see him and here he comes. So I just back off and I see it. And Buddy comes running. It's on it's on the internet. And Buddy hit this guy. Like, Michael Strahan coming <laughs> off the corner, and, and he just took this guy out. And so the guy goes down, and long story short, about about a week later, we get our lawyer to send us a letter. <laughs> and the letter says that the guy's suing us. And Buddy, you know, Buddy, you know, the guy's in a wheelchair. He's suing us and everything. <laughs> and so Buddy is, like, waiting for me to be the, you know, I'm always the Reason, you know, we'll be all right. We'll handle this. And I looked at Buddy and said, oh, my God, I can't help you with this. And I looked at him, and I said, oh, man, the Laura fees alone. <laughs> it was awesome. We messed with him for a day. But, you know, it was awesome.
2: And I told this story before when you guys were in Vegas and you got word that Bob Dylan wanted a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. for uh... No, he
4: he wanted one-fifth of the album. <laughs> That's what he
2: wanted. Oh, he did? That's what they asked yes. for. We're like, you're crazy. And and so you sampled from Bob Dylan. We didn't sample. Did we, you, we, we used don't? the lyric. Yeah, what, I don't understand how that works. I, we
5: we used a considerable lyric and had gotten permission to do it just a year or two earlier. On an earlier version. Officially, on, on yeah, the same song, uh, Only Want to Be With You. What
4: they actually said was it wasn't, we didn't rip them off, it was actually a tribute to them, and they were fine that we used it.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So we did the exact same song a year later, just re-recorded the exact version for Crack Review, and it became a huge hit, and suddenly their oh. lawyers needed to come back and say... Uh, well, you didn't get permission to do it for the, the second, second record. recording. Yeah. You only get permission for the first recording. Wow. Yeah, they got us on the technicality. Yeah.
2: And then you got Dylan back by doing Wagon Wheel.
4: Yeah. And giving him more money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I got him back. And I got him back. That damn, <laughs> that damn Dylan. And giving him more millions. Yeah, that's good.
2: Uh, do you remember the first time I came on stage with you guys?
4: <laughs> You've been on stage so much I do not remember that. No. Yeah. Still trying to forget. Do you? Wetlands,
5: uh, really? maybe? wetlands
4: i think the first thing my i guess. remember the first the, what i do remember was in my here in my headphones i'm hearing this awful sound and i know it's for percussion it's not it's like a symbol but it's not really a symbol i'm like what is that and i look over and they had taken the tambourine from dan because he was trying to destroy it they'd taken all the drumsticks from him, Shakers. and they'd taken a shaker from him and so he had resorted to taking a rubber chicken and beating the hell out of the symbol. I did. You just, and it was the worst sound ever. I, I was angry
0: at you guys because
2: you <laughs> took away all my toys. But I
0: mean, <laughs> so innovative, really.
2: And then all of a sudden, if uh, my mic was on, I was singing. You were singing. You know, I would, and, really- and I love it. Here's Darius, and he's got, you know, 15,000, 20,000 people in front of him. And I'm trying to get his attention by singing. <laughs> and I, you know, I'd be like, uh, oh, black water, word. keep on rolling. And then <laughs> and then he would turn around and be like, oh, my God. Like, you're yeah. awful. I, I love know. how
4: whenever we call you out on two, you're like, Gary's throwing me off. Gary's <laughs> yeah. Throwing yeah. off oh, I know. Me. Yeah. yeah, this percussion player, not, he's not playing in my rhythm. He's not playing in my and rhythm. And it was only
2: the one time I took my shirt off, and that was when we were in Scotland.
4: And that Man. was when I realized how white you really are. Yeah, and that's when, because
2: Sony would take off his shirt. You guys had a, a video where he has his shirt off playing the drums. Yep. And I thought that would be
4: funny if he looked over and I had my shirt on. And it was. <laughs> and it was, it <laughs> was very funny. I, I, <laughs> I couldn't sing half a song that day because of, <laughs> he had his shirt on. Do
2: we have uh, something off the uh, new album? Do we uh, Two a Days, can you play that?
4: It go up in smoke. Can you say whoa now? Whoa now. I let it all
2: go. The album is in perfect circle, available everywhere starting today. Uh Thanks for tolerating me all these years. It's only been what twenty five years. Twenty five years we've been friends. Who would have known? I took a chance on you guys. We made, I what was are you a, talking about? We made you famous. I was a really, <laughs> I was a really big star back then. We made you famous. What are you talking? And about? I said, I don't know. I could go on tour with Oasis or I could go on tour with you guys. You made the right choice because you and got I'm, in a fight with Oasis. <laughs> well, that's true. I could take the Gallagher's. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are soft. I think you could take them. I think you could take the Gallagher's. Hootie and the Blowfish, once again. Nobody else has them on to not perform like we do. (laughs) Imperfect Circle available everywhere starting today. Two hours in the books, one more to go on this Friday. Dan and the Danettes. Michael Rappaport, the actor-comedian, will stop by as well. We ask him to sing, so he will sing coming up next hour. (laughs) C. Paulie and McLovin, yours truly here on the Dan Patrick Show.
4: Monday night is podcast night for the Los Angeles Lakers. What's happening, everybody? This is the official Lakers podcast. I'm your host, Mike Trudell. Super pumped to be here flanked by Aaron Larsoul. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Let's, Let's
5: get, get it. it.
0: I think the Lakers will be a top 10 defense. Okay, you're
2: calling your shot again.
1: A team that has two stars or two superstars in this case, as LeBron and AD, can sometimes cancel each other out. But I think they're both
2: good candidates for MVP.
1: I really like the way that this team uh, just feels to be around. Mm-hmm. The uh, it's a it's a very clear message. It's two stars
4: in LeBron and AD, and it's everybody else that's on board.
2: The relationship that is developing between those two, off the court and on the court, their cohesiveness on the court. I think in this case, this is a special case that the two of them will enhance each other as opposed to taking away from each other.
4: Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a review.
2: Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast
0: One.